Welcome to Talking Allergies, the podcast where we talk all things allergies about all types of allergies in all kinds of allergy lives. From food allergies to environmental allergies, special guests, community stories, allergy insights, giveaways and more. This is your allergy podcast for all things allergies. Hi, Melrick. Hi, Grace, and welcome to another episode of Talking Allergies. It's our first episode back since we were at the Free From Plus Allergy Show in Sydney. It was so lovely to meet people in person. It was really nice to meet new people, but also some familiar faces too. Just loved everyone that I met. Yeah, it was absolutely delightful. Um, just some wonderful conversations, and it was just amazing to see how everyone is supporting each other. Um, and we spoke so much about allergies. I absolutely loved it. We did. We actually started off by having a chart to talk about allergies, just so that you could understand a little bit about talking about allergies be a really good talking point. So what we did was we had common allergies on the chart and then if your common allergy was not on there or if your allergy was not on there, you could write an allergy on and then put your sticker. So what we did was we had rolls of stickers for the first day and people would take a sticker and put it on the chart. So for each individual allergy. And that was food allergies, environmental allergies, drug allergies, insect allergies, all types of allergies. And we even include intolerances and some certain autoimmune conditions that have overlaps that, to allow people to have an opportunity to say, hey, this is what I have and share that experience with others in the community. Yeah, it was also a really good talking point about saying, do you actually have an allergy and intolerance or is it celiac disease? So particularly when we were talking about wheat allergies, is it a wheat allergy? Is it a gluten intolerance or is it celiac disease? We will share the chart after the episode. We'll, uh, we'll put it up online for people to have a look at. So uh, yeah, if you can't find it, send us a message. We'll, yeah, we'll send you a copy. Definitely. One of my favorite moments was we had people adding chili to the chart and going, oh, no one will ever be allergic to chili. And then the next person goes, I'm anaphylactic to chili. You won't have that on the chart. And then they found it and went, someone else is there. And then one person came like an hour after and they had the same exact reaction. They go, oh, you won't have chili on the chart. And they put chili on the chart and they go, someone else was there. Someone else in this room also has chili allergies. And then they went on a full tangent about chili and everything in things that you wouldn't expect. And I loved it. <laughs> well, look, um, I had a lot of fun too. Um, but it, it, I'd said the chilies, I think I had uh, fun trying to spell different types of allergies. I was trying to sneakily sort of look up the spelling on Google while I was uh, writing on the chart. Some, I think someone asked me for a few different ones and I was like, oh, how do I even spell this? And I was Google autocorrected it. I'm like, Poof, very lucky that I checked why I wrote it on the chart. Uh, but look, it was great. It was great. And um, I, I think we're going to share today some of the top sort of allergies that people put down. Now, of course, not representative of the whole population, just people that turn up in Sydney. And it's just about that awareness to show that, you know, people, there is a lot of allergies in the community. Yeah, there is. So it was just the people on the day and what they experienced. Yeah. So um, we, we had a lot of people put down peanut allergies, tree nut allergies egg allergies, milk, dairy allergies. Uh, so a lot of those in the top 10, uh, wheat allergies as well. Another one in the top 10, um, 
And then we had some environmental allergies, uh, pollen allergies, dust mite allergies as well. Um, drug allergies also uh, was quite prevalent. Um, and then one that actually made a lot of people similar to what you had with the chili on the full grace, but a lot of people had this uh, reaction when they put this down was mold allergies. Mm. It was a lot of people had in the community on the day that came in uh, that realized and they went, oh, wow, that's a lot of people with mold allergies. I thought I was the only one and it wasn't. It was just, there's a lot of people on it. So uh, yeah, wow. Thank you everyone that shared your allergies and yeah, we'll share the chart, get some get some thoughts on what other people think about as well. Um, there's also people that put down lactose and gluten intolerances as well, just uh, showing that there are some, a lot of different elements that people are dealing with in, in the community. There is. We got a lot of comments as well saying, oh, I didn't realise that wheat allergy was so prevalent. And they go, oh, surely you'll have some intolerances and celiac disease mixed in there with that. We said, actually, no, every single person that has put that they've got a wheat allergy have a wheat allergy because we also had gluten intolerance and celiac disease and asked people saying, what actually is it? So then we had that conversation. It was really interesting. It was wonderful. A lot of allergy awareness, but also awareness of all the different types of things people live in within the community. And I think if uh, if anybody came in and or anybody here's this conversation, just keep talking about allergies. It's not just about what you hear or what you hear at a show. Just talk about it. If you see someone, you better go, what's an allergy? Tell them what an allergy is. You know, if you have allergies, share your allergies. I think it was just amazing people just talking so comfortably and, and openly, you know, just uh, I had parents that were with their kids and their kids are like, oh, I didn't know you had an allergy, dad. And I was like, whoa, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Now the kid knows and they're able to share that in their family. So if something happens, they're more aware as well. And that's the most important thing. They're aware in the case of uh, an emergency or in a situation where they might need to be advising what allergies they are to prevent a reaction. It also makes people feel less alone too. If you start talking about allergies, then other people will be comfortable to bring up their allergy as well. We found that on the day as well, that if, the ki if their kid was bringing up allergies, and the parents felt a little bit more comfortable to bring up their allergies as well. And that's so lovely that the kid goes, oh, I didn't realize you had an allergy. My favorite had to be the little kids though. The uh, little, because we, we, we put the chart at a level where they could reach it for most little kids. Some little kids are still too cute and little. Um, but we got it to a level, they were just running up the stickers and finding it. I had one kid that was putting stickers everywhere. It was, it was great. It was I'm like, oh, that's not the chart, but that's okay. You can put a sticker there too. <laughs> <laughs> they also loved putting them on their hands and getting a gold star for putting all of their allergies on the chart. But also, I was so amazed that kids that were so, so little remembered their allergies. And they go, yes, I have an allergy to dairy milk. And you went, that is amazing that you actually know how to communicate it and then to read it too. So not only how to communicate it to someone, then to read it on the chart and go, that's mine. Even if they couldn't read the others, they could read what they were allergic to. Yeah, there was so many amazing uh, experiences shared about how people are living their lives with allergies and what sort of contingencies they take, but also kids very young being able to speak up about their own allergies. Um, look, all I know is that if you have allergies, you're not alone. And 
if you have allergies and you're out there and you're listening and you're doing an amazing job, keep going and yeah, just talk about it more, share about it. And if you need to talk about it, if anybody no one's talking to you about it, come and talk to us. We always want to talk about allergies. Always want to or always are? <laughs> always want to, always are, always will. <laughs> um, look, Grace, uh, this show was amazing. And uh, look, we'll post that uh, image off the allergy chart that we discussed before. Um, and for people to have a look at, look, again, it's not a representation of the whole population. Uh, there are a lot of allergies out there. I'm sure we missed a few. Uh, but it does show that you know, there are allergies in the community and we'd love to hear your comments and whether you were surprised by the results. Uh, and uh, maybe if your allergy is missing, yeah, just drop a note. Uh, yeah, let, let us know. It will be on our socials, so Allergy Life Australia uh, socials. You caught up with someone very special from Western Australia in this episode. I did. I caught up with probably one of the most beautiful, caring and sweet people that I've ever met. Uh, she's an allergy mum and author, and she shares her allergy story with her daughters. It's really, really touching. I'm so excited for this interview. Let's tune in. Hi, Amy, and welcome to the Talking Allergies podcast. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thanks, Grace. It's nice to be here. Amy, can you tell me a little bit about your allergy story with your daughters? Yeah, sure. So, each of them have a different kind of story. Um, as we know, yeah. no two allergy journeys are the same and theirs are definitely different. Um, so my eldest was about 18 months and before that she'd been getting little rashes, nothing too serious, um, and she'd been eating nuts and eggs okay. And then just this one day she stole some of my mum's peanut butter toast and she swelled up pretty much instantly, started coughing. She didn't have the words at the time to tell me what was wrong and I'd never seen anything like that before. So I raced down to the chemist, um, not knowing, and he's like, not my department, you need to go and see a doctor. The doctor got her straight in, uh, in straight away. They injected her with the adrenaline um, and then we went to hospital and where I learned that she'd had an anaphylactic reaction and that's where we started with Billy. Um, and so Billy has reactions to peanuts, most of the tree nuts, um, eggs, and we just discovered mung beans recently. Um, so that's new for her. And for her little sister, Matilda, Matilda was eating eggs completely fine until she was about four and a half. Um, she started to get really big swelling on her eyes if she had certain egg products. I think the first one she had was a Milky Way at a party. And I was like, she's my safe kid, it's fine. And then that happened and I was like, no, something's not right. <laughs> um, so we went and got her checked out and they said she's got a very small allergy to eggs. And we went on the egg ladder. Everything was okay until she got to pancakes. Um, and it must have not been cooked through properly, but there was a raw element to it perhaps. Um and then she, about an hour after she ate that, she stopped breathing. Um, and she needed two EpiPens as the ambulance came and that started her allergy journey. So for her, it's only the eggs. Um, yeah, so there we go. <laughs> it's such a vast difference between not knowing about allergies and then having anaphylaxis straight away and going to a chemist. And then with your other daughter, 
going having allergies, um, having a small allergy, or they call it a, a smaller allergy, and then going into anaphylaxis. That's such a, a, a big abrupt start to an allergy journey. Yeah, it was a big learning curve for me. I'd never been exposed to allergies before, so um, yeah. It was it was confronting and I had it in my head that it was okay. My youngest was all right. You know, she was half before she had her first reaction. Her sister was only 18 months and I'm like, you know, no, she's all good. But allergies just present really differently depending on who you are, not what family you come from or anything like that. It's just that's what I, I guess I realised the most is, yeah, they're, they're both on two different unique journeys. <laughs> How do you um, manage the day-to-day life? Obviously, as soon as you found out about the allergies through to today, has it evolved and changed? It really has. So um, with Billy, because she was non-verbal to start with, you know, just a few words, um, you know, I, I kind of thought I would I, – I had a bit of issues with trust, I think, and um, had a few – issues that came up experiences so I didn't feel comfortable sending her to daycare and I was lucky that I had a work from home opportunity so I kind of kept her at home um, until she would go to my parents sometimes just you know to navigate some of the bigger work things Um, so I had great support from my parents and also my partner's parents just here and there Um, but even then I knew how much anxiety I'd put on my my mum especially it was a lot um, and then I realised how much anxiety I had. <laughs> so I actually stopped working um, as much as I was and found found myself dealing with my own anxiety. And I think that spread to how I actually managed it a lot. So I looked at what was in my control. What was in my control was I could teach my children things, I could prepare their own food, and I could be there as much as I could to help them navigate so I guess that part, as they've got older, I've helped them learn how to self-advocate, how to assess their own risks. Um, so, you know, I can't be there all the time. Um, but they've known from a very young age that whatever we've packed for them is safe food. Um, at the start, I was like, no other food, just your safe food. Now they've got a bit older. Um, I tell them that if they feel comfortable, they've read the label, they can see it's not a shared plate, um, things like that, then they can... Um, make that decision for them so it has changed as they've got older that's such a big impact not only on their lives but also yours and your mum's it is I never knew um, how much allergies so the risks are are the reactions are rare but the risks are every day and um, yeah so I guess there is an element of anxiety around it and learning to navigate that has been a big learning curve. First, even recognising I had anxiety <laughs> because you just think you're doing your risk management, you, you're going through all the what-ifs, you're at a party or something and you spot everything that's an allergen or a risk or that child eating the cake and then going in the paddle pool or, you know, when they were younger, they'd touch everything, hands in mouths, licking I even had an incident where someone kissed Billy and she blew up. Um, so that part, I, I, yeah, it, you don't know until you go through it how many risks there are in the world, but you also don't want to keep them wrapped up at home either. So it's a balance. Um, and some days, I guess, especially in a new environment, 
um, there would be some times where I just would pull the plug and go, look, I'm not in that frame of mind to do that right now because it, it takes a lot of energy, I guess, to keep advocating, being that allergy mum that you, is the voice for your children to keep them safe, um, you know, and also because they notice that they're different and so there's that emotional element for them as well. Um, and as a parent, that's the main support for them. Some days you just don't have that capacity to do it. And, and yet I used to feel guilty about it, but now I just accept that's part of being a human. I think anybody in that same position would, you know, just give themselves a bit of grace, like your name, <laughs> um, and, you know, be okay. Some days you just can't do it. With parents that are new to the allergy um, world or allergy life, um, would there be any recommendations from you about what places to take them and what places are probably more risky or less risky? Because you said, look, there's some days that I can and there's some days that I just would say no. Yeah. I, I guess we ended up finding ourselves, we're lucky we don't have environmental allergens ourselves, so found myself at the beach a lot or going for a bushwalk um, with more than enough EpiPens <laughs> um, just in case, um, those sorts of things. So being out in nature. So instead of going to a restaurant, say, I, I found that high risk. Um, I remember a Mother's Day breakfast we went and we walked into the restaurant. There was just so many eggs around that straight away my daughter started reacting just from the environment. So we, we sat outside and then from there, we changed what we did, so picnics, um, more outside activities than in a restaurant. Um, and I guess, yeah, we just I, I just go on what the girls enjoy and we adapt it as best we can. What are their favourite activities that they do enjoy that have lower risks for them with their food allergies? Yeah. Yeah, going to the beach for a swim. Um, we We've just moved actually to a town that's not near an ocean, but it's near a river. So they've got some kayaks um, that they like doing. They like camping as well. Um, before the camping, obviously, I'm scouting out where the local hospitals are, the, the range and everything like that. Um, but they love being outdoors. So anything outdoors, they, they're stoked to do. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Is... Um because you didn't have a lot of knowledge before your daughters had allergies to the point that they did have allergies, what is what has been the impact that you have felt? Learning. <laughs> I've, um, I feel like I could become a scientist, not that I can verbalise lots of the words I've read, <laughs> but um, I did a lot of research. I went into, I think, fix-it mode. I was trying to fix them, um, which... You know, sometimes there's just not a magic solution. Things take time and you learn things along the way and what they're comfortable with as well. Um, so I guess my biggest learning curve is to listen to them and their body and their comfort level. And I read as much as I can and I learn from everybody who has a story. So I, that's why I really enjoy our support sessions with Allergy Life because um, you learn from other people. Um, the specialists, obviously, you get some information, but you, you don't always have contact with them. It's not a – there's a, so many people with allergies now, it's not always easy to get a face-to-face -face or a, an appointment. Um, but I found that you can find information from a lot of different avenues and in the back of my mind, I think I'm, I try and make it a holistic approach. So not only 
sort of medical or specialist intervention, but things like diet, their mental health um, and those sorts of things. But it's taken me a while to get there um, to a place of, I think I call it surrender or radical acceptance. <laughs> um, and I'm letting them, my girls, lead the way as much as I can. Has there been a moment that you've been proud of your girls for leading the way? Yes. <laughs> um, when they advocate for each other. <laughs> um, and also when I've seen how empathetic they can be for somebody else. So not somebody with allergies as such, but somebody else with a challenge in their life. Um, yeah. And, and I don't think they would have had that same empathy if they hadn't gone through this themselves. If there was someone on the start of the allergy journey, what would be the recommendation that you would give them? Um, to be kind to yourself. Um, I think we take on all this guilt and think that we could have stopped our kids from getting an allergy perhaps. Um, so I think I spent a lot of energy trying to find the blame or the fault in what I did. Um, so I would say take that away because there's there's no no real reason. There's lots of theories but there's no specific this is it. Um, and I would just focus on each little pit, bit and not try and get overwhelmed. Um, the other thing I would say is, I know it's challenging, but try not to compare what could have been or what you expected um, being a parent might be might look like. So there were times I might see at the beach someone having an ice cream with their children and I'd go, oh, we can't do that. But I know we have a self safe alternative at home and while we're at the beach we did something else fun. So I just that reframe and um, good luck. <laughs> know that each journey is, is unique and there's no right or wrong answers. It's just what works for you and your children. That's a lovely sentiment. Mm. Um, you have also created a book as well. Would you like to touch on a little bit about the book? Yeah, great. my little mate, um, Pete the Peanut. Um, so there was a mum at school, a, a different school we went to. Her daughter had some nut allergies, mainly to tree nuts, but she was talking to me and she goes, there's just nothing out there that has pictures um, that are real. And I went, you know what, that's funny because I've been thinking, I've been showing my daughters pictures of peanuts and eggs in all their forms and those sorts of things. And um, that's where the idea came from. And it took me a while to get it all together, finding the right photos because we wanted it to look real. Um, and the emotions that come with that, it's quite interesting. So there'll be some days I'm like, I can't look at that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but then once that was out, I found it to be a vehicle for a lot of discussions. It brought a lot of people to me as well. So, um you know, you just talk, speak to someone and they go, I can help you with that. Or once you're getting feedback, you learn, you learn a bit more important where people um, are at at the journeys. I spoke to a few scientists as well to so learn about their studies, which was interesting and it wouldn't have happened without that book. Can you tell me a little bit about the structure of the book? So what, the, what it actually um, entails? Okay, so basically it's about teaching. It's aimed at children, but anyone can learn information from it. It's maybe not something that you sit down and read all at once. It's more like a resource, not a storybook. Um, but I did try and bring in some fun. So there's little hidden Pete the Peanuts around. But basically it was, this is what a peanut looks like. This is how it, how it grows in the ground. Um, 
these are the products it shows up in, this is how you can keep yourself safe, um, this is what might happen if you are allergic and what you can do to help someone that is having an allergic reaction and then what happens after. <laughs> Why did you create the book to begin with? For my kids <laughs> and um, the lady also at school. So it was mainly for those kids and then um, other people said that would be helpful for me and that's when I expanded it to actually get input and feedback from a few different avenues and it improved. So even though it's quite confronting and I know it's not for everybody, the real-life pictures, um, for those people that are into that, then it helps them communicate with their child. Has there been a comment or a milestone that you've been proud of with the book? Um, yes, um, there was. I actually random encounter at a library. <laughs> this little kid, little boy, was taking the book out, and um, I said, "Oh, what made you pick that book?" And he goes, "My friend has allergies, and I want to learn some more." So I felt really, really good about that. Had um, rippled out, and he didn't have allergies himself, but he was doing it for a friend, and I just was really proud of him. <laughs> it's really touching. Yeah. As a parent of children with allergies, how important is allergy representation in books? I think it's – I think books are a great vehicle for communicating information no matter what the topic. So for having allergies in there as well, it helps children that do have allergies not feel so alone. There's other people out there that, you know, have it enough to make a book about it. Um, and also, you know, the way things are written, I'm so happy to see a lot of allergy books coming out because everyone has a different voice and it all resonates with people differently. So that's what I love, as many books out there as you can on a, on a topic and it just hits people differently. So I, I think it's really important to have that thing out there. Actually, um, just aside from allergies, there's a lot of disability books about um, chronic illness or health or disabilities and um yeah, I think it, all of it helps our kids and our families and everybody understand a little bit more about other people's lives. Is there anything from you that we can expect in the future? I've been wake, working on a, a another book, so Peg the Egg. <laughs> um, it's taken a little bit longer than I expected. Just we're in the midst of moving and adjusting to a new way of living. I am outside, <laughs> um, so. She's on the way, um, but, yeah, I'm not sure exactly the time frame. I'm hoping early next year. Where can we find out more or read Pete the Peanut? Yeah, so it's free to download from my website um, on amymarley.com. Um, you can also purchase hard copies from there or on Amazon. There's some beautiful reviews I've got on a site called Foreverability. Um, and... Or you can actually email me as well. My details are on my website. I'm happy to chat about it at any time. <laughs> Thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to say to the allergy community or allergy parents? Just thank you all for showing up and doing what you do for your children and other people living with allergies. It's, it's a really supportive community. Thank you so much for talking allergies and for sharing your story with your daughters and Pete the Peanut. It's a great resource. Thanks for having me, Grace. Really lovely. That was just heartwarming 
And what a beautiful interview. Thank you, Amy, for sharing your allergy story and for coming on to the Talking Allergies podcast. I will have to repeat the peanut. You will. I'm sure that that story will touch many people. And thank you so much for sharing as well, Amy. It was really, really lovely. And of course, to find more about Amy's book and also to catch the latest on the Talking Allergies podcast, visit allergylife.com.au forward slash Talking Allergies. Thank you for tuning in to another Talking Allergies podcast. Is this the end of the Talking Allergies podcast, Grace? No, we're not done talking allergies, nor interviews too. We've got another one coming up in the next episode. I guess we just can't stop talking allergies. There's a lot more to cover. We've hardly touched the surface. The discussions on talking allergies are here to support you or your loved one on your journey with allergies. The topics discussed here are not intended as medical instruction or as a substitute for advice by a qualified healthcare provider.